Hello, my creative friend. Welcome to Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Thank you, Gerald. Appearing under the spotlight today, the Balakameen Studio Theatre is celebrating its 20th anniversary. A Manx artist looks to create a respectful and poignant sculpture for the coastline in Niarbal. And grab your reading glasses and pull up a pew for the Woman on Man's Feminist Book Club. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Spotlight. Thank you very much for keeping me company this evening. Grab yourself a brew or I can get one for you if you want. Settle into your favourite comfortable seat. I can't do that for you. Then You're on your own there. And allow yourself to bask in the glory of local creatives. First up, all together now. Happy birth... No, sorry, I hate, hate that song. I actually don't know anyone who likes it. Easily the most difficult song to sing of all time. I believe that's a famous quote from Mariah Carey. But we are wishing happy birthday to the Balakameen Studio Theatre, which has turned 20 this month. Over the past two decades, thousands of people have enjoyed hundreds of incredible shows there, and not just school shows, but ones put on by local companies and live screenings, which transport local audiences directly to the beating heart of London's National Theatre. Local performer Tony Eccles started his acting career in the first official show held in the Studio Theatre back in 2004, and he's now the Studio Theatre Manager. We had a catch-up earlier this week. Balakamina is celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Studio Theatre and you yeah. put up loads of gorgeous pictures from throughout the years. Yeah, I had a lot of fun kind of trawling through the archives and photos of stuff and old shows and seeing people that who I'd lost contact with over the years and just seeing them on stage and being like, oh yeah, they, that was great and great memories of kind of all the backstage stuff. And yeah. Yeah, really, really fun. Uh, honestly, the pictures you put up, especially the older ones, like you say, you, you see people that you haven't spoken to in years and it really sort of unlocks these memories yeah of how and also how close you are and with it especially with a school production just that you create this massive community of people in the shows whether it's the people backstage or the tech people or the people Mm. who are working on makeup and wigs and costume and then you've got all the the in jokes during the whole rehearsal period yeah yeah it's it does bring a massive smile to your face when yeah, you're going through it. Yeah, it really does. And we grew up together and you did shows on the Studio Theatre when it was brand new. Yes. And then you went away and you pursued your own acting career, which you did some incredible things, which we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And then you came back and now you're running the Studio Theatre yeah. and doing incredible things with that facility. It could be a tricky question, but do you have any like highlights from your time when you were a student and since taking over the role of studio manager there's so much mm. i couldn't really kind of kind of encapsulate it in a few minutes but i remember obviously candles was a massive massive kind of thing for both me personally and i think for the the school and for the theater i mean it was originally i believe a a level devised piece that was a play that chris mabry worked on with some students and then him and nick roberts devised it into a a musical uh, and it's obviously about the mining disaster um, the Ma- the Laxey mining disaster and I met just so many of my f- friends that I've had f- all my life predominantly through that whole period I mean I st- I'm still in touch with with Chris himself and 
like i mean yourself as well i mean you were in it you um, famously <laughs> spat in my face so sorry it still haunts my uh, dreams you you look back and go is that allowed are you allowed to do that, that? i don't think another student <laughs> is physically allowed to spit in another person's face oh. now during a school play but i was you know back then i was all method and being like yeah spit in my face yeah it will really add to the it's very professional <laughs> it, the whole thing was very like upper like really really high level stuff so many really really great performers mm. would in that and that mm. we call that like the chris mabry era because yeah. there's there's literally him and nick roberts produced and kind of wrote and like tim rice and andrew lloyd they, Webber. they are yeah. the the manx or the, <laughs> the valakameen equivalent <laughs> yeah. um i moved away shortly after candles um because i left and you went on to um sixth form there and i believe you did anonymous yeah we did do anonymous yeah and there was another one uh, um, real re real yeah, yeah yeah but then you went off to drama school I went which is very there. cool yeah i was whisked away and weirdly that started that journey began in the studio theater as well yeah um, so uh, I went to the Hammond School in Chester mm -hmm. and they came over to do a in their third year they create a touring company with the year with that year group and so they usually do like a couple of shows in England they did one in Germany and they did one on the Isle of Man and I don't know why I have no clue because there was no real connection with the Isle of Man at that point I know we had someone who was there the year before me but in that third year there was no one involved. I don't know how or why, but they came over and they did a show at the Studio Theatre and they did a workshop for students in the day. I didn't have a clue. I was blissfully unaware. And um, Adrienne Burnett, the head teacher, who knew I was kind of becoming more and more into my performing arts, um, pulled me out of, of class, of tutorial. And I thought I was in trouble. You know, you get the call, <laughs> yeah. go and see the head teacher. I was like, oh, what have I done? Like, mm -hmm. oh no. And she said, essentially, there's a workshop going on and from that workshop i was offered a full scholarship that's amazing for three years and it was just like literally like dream country like how your life can change in a yeah. day and suddenly that put me on a trajectory that i went to drama school went to hammond hammond uh, for three years eventually moved back down to london and then went and did my master's out of drama school and mm -hmm. then spent the next 10 12 years in london just it's like a working actor yeah yeah just working and brilliant yeah being a part of it and then you ended up coming back because of the pandemic yeah, yeah. and then covid happened yeah. and so because everything shut down we didn't really have anywhere to go so eventually after moving out of london for a little bit moved back to the island and what i thought was going to be a bit of a like a bit of a stopgap until mm -hmm. everything settled down and then i'd move back i just refound my love over here and kind of um i took part in I started to take part in amateur dramatics over well, here and like the theater stuff over here as we all know is is really impressive and then you uh were phoebus in H the hunchback of yes. Notre Dame, which is yep. honest in my personal opinion one of the best shows i've seen on the gaiety stage oh, ever um i thought like i just got goosebumps from it and you were um dr frankenstein yes uh, in young frankenstein yeah, which was. was an incredibly uh, impressive performance Thank just you. the amount <laughs> the sheer amount we, you and leah had to do it was well, leah my partner who mm. i met through doing hunchback hunchback yeah. which is crazy so it was really i mean 
people believe in all sorts of things, but I mean, it really was meant to be. Like, Aww. it really was. The fact we both moved back together. She was working in London as a performer as well. We mm. both moved back because of the pandemic. We both were like, oh, we're stuck for things to do. We'll do oh, Hunchback wow. and Amsterdam. Yeah. We were cast opposite each other and the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Coming back round to um, talking about Candles being your sort of like starting point. Yeah. Chris Mabry is mm-hmm. putting that back on again now, yes, isn't he? Yes, he is. Do you know yeah. much about that? No, I, I've been... I is think a flyer it, going around? It's been going around on socials and like WhatsApps for, mm. I think, a while, or word of mouth for a, quite a while of people, oh, we should we should get candles back or we should do that again. And so there was a there was a bit of a couple of messages being sent here, there and everywhere. And it's now looks like it's going to happen. I believe there's auditions taking place. So if you people wanted to get involved, they can. It's done through um, Yindra Me, which is Chris Mabry and his wife, Susanna, um, their drama, company. drama yeah, company charity. And yeah. they they do like a lot of like shows and work with kids and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's it, it, Yeah, then they're giving loads back. It's great. And so through that, I believe they've got gaiety dates. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing they'll be doing candles at the gaiety. We'll so have to be, go see it. Yeah. I was, oh, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if they'll have the spit in it. <laughs> you should have spit him in the face. <laughs> Boo. We want to see the real spit. <laughs> and then you came back and not only have been very successful in um, like being on stage at the Gaiety and your your doom work uh, behind the scenes as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, it's always been a little like love of mine and a, and a dream, if you will, to direct my own shows. And mm-hmm. I've, but the love of performing has always taken priority. I've always like anything performing of any kind i've always loved to do it but i've always in my head in my head had this kind of idea of, oh I, I would like to direct and help help others see what i see if that mm-hmm. makes sense so I, I love teaching as well i love directing and i w- love working with kids as well and so i'm doing a, a one-act play for the um easter, easter festival mm-hmm. um um so that's with through paradox theater mm-hmm. company um so yeah charlie and alex who run that have been like just so supportive and they've been kind of like look we'll do we'll do all the all the admin we'll do all this we'll sort this out we'll sort this out you just direct. do what you love and direct it yeah. and you just go to so anything you want just let us know and you crack on so um i've been working with jeff Pugh and uh Lorcan O'Mahony, and they are so great they have like just really trusted me with what i want and kind of there's some weird there's some weird directorial choices in there uh, mm-hmm. but they've been they've just gone with it go kind of gun ho gone with it and it's it's really starting to take shape now so that's great and also um through all island theatre company which will be in on the gaiety from the 30th of august to the 1st of september um me uh, leah carter and uh, olivia landles mm-hmm. are going to be producing high school musical which we've just cast and we're going to start rehearsals um, in a couple of weeks. And it's very exciting. Yeah. And it's such a great show. Yeah, it it's is. Such it's just a, a feel fun, good. It's the modern Greece. Yeah. That is what we've yeah, kind of like. that's a good like, description, yeah. We've kind of said to people, of it is the modern Greece. And we've had so many people of all ages being like, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be such a great night out. Like You get people our age mm-hmm. who will be like, 
oh, my kids would love that. Yeah. But also, I want to go out with the girls and see that yeah, because we yeah. love watching. Well, it's from our, our time. Like, well, it came out yeah. when we were like sixth form. Or yeah, and it was college, like yeah. that, that real like Disney teeny pop musical. So, yeah, it's oh, going to be a lot of fun to do. Brilliant. Excellent. Um, and how have you found taking on the role of studio manager at the studio theatre? It's been it's been really interesting because one of the things that you do for work well, a lot of jobbing actors when they're kind of between auditions or waiting for the next audition or waiting for the next job to come around, work in theatres. Mm-hmm. So I've worked in about nine different West End theatres. Oh, that's cool. Which is like kind of cool because you can go oh yeah that show is on there oh yeah i know that person are you and you obviously when you're working front of house the cast and the crew are potentially months away from doing the same thing so mm-hmm. because when they're not in work they'll work front of house as well so you get this really great but hugely sprawling community of performers some are off on tour some are coming back some are working some are front of house and it's the scene is just it was just such such a fun time to be part of but obviously through working in different roles in different theaters you learn just how uh, these kind of huge like monuments to theater are, are managed and mm. how everything is the, the process of working through it and how they tick yeah exactly and so i've tried to bring some of that back to the studio theater um and i know it's 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 very different because obviously it is within a high school and between the hours of eight and kind of four Mm. o'clock it's the schools to use so it's balancing that with it being a commercial venue with it being a community theater with it being a a hall used for photographs and hpv vaccinations in the day and then yeah yeah it, get the set up and kind of it's a theater by night so yeah it's, it's kind of like a like an actor itself isn't it you know taking on multiple roles that is exactly uh, yeah exactly it's got many many faces yeah and the, obviously the studio theater doesn't just uh you kind of touched on it do uh school shows it does other things as well yeah and that's one of the real um that's one of the things that i've wanted the studio theater to focus on since i took over um is getting people on the stage mm. as much as possible and so we've become a real um like hotspot for lots of the islands drama groups whether it's like after school or weekends or community drama groups like um the gateway drama club and lots of different dance schools and performing arts schools and um, we've got a um the rotary club are hosting their um public speaking competition there we've got the young actor of man are doing their performances there so it's for me it's about getting people on that stage and finding the love of performing in the same way that i did and that's it gets me out of bed every morning just knowing that you know i'm working i get to do what i love and i get i'm so kind of linked with that and hopefully people get the same experience that i did Local thespian and studio theatre manager Tony Eccles there. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, a Manx artist has applied for funding from the Isle of Man Arts Council to install a new sculpture in the Arbel. 
Brian Neal, MBE, wants the artwork, known as Ellipsy, to be a respectful yet poignant addition to the coastline. He says he chose the site close to the Radnafallen due to its stunning views up and down the coastline, as well as the area's geological history. Mr Neal, who was born in Douglas in 1930 and studied painting at the Douglas School of Art in 1947, adds, I'm fairly obsessed with the place I came from, the Isle of Man, which is mountainous and by the sea. It would be wonderful to make something which would work in that landscape. Lewis Foster of Manx Radio Newsroom fame had a lovely chat with Brian's daughter, Kate Neal. It all kind of came from... My dad had a stroke a long time ago, about 10 years ago, and he could only then paint. He taught himself to draw and paint again because he was paralysed for a bit after that. And so he's he's been painting, and his but his painters, paintings are sculptor's paintings. They're, they're three-dimensional forms. And during lockdown, he became more and more interested in how you frame a form. And actually, his obsession was about the Manx landscape and he spent a lot of time exploring the Isle of Man in his mind in lockdown thinking about looking through a shape to the island as he remembered it and so he did a whole series of paintings and it ended up with him painting this oval ellipse form over some of the paintings that he's made and then finally just before the exhibition which was held in London he announced he was going to make one last piece of sculpture and it was to be this ellipse. So it was, it's, a, it's a, a sculpture with a void in the middle, but it's about what you see through it. And in his mind's eye, he'd been seeing the Manx landscape through it. And you say he, he tested a few different coastlines. Was that where the position, Niabal, um came up there? Is that a particular favourite spot of Brian's? Yeah, we, we, because my father's too frail to travel now, so we were dispatched as a family to come over and we were given a series of pointers. We were given uh, Scarlet, Schlock um, and uh, Nyarbal, uh, the Chasms, you know, these, and you can tell they're, they're geological places where the island meets the sea and those were what he was uh, imagining. And so we were given a map of instructions and we went round the island um, seeing on his behalf, really, and photographing and things. And then when we arrived at Nyabal, we knew that that was the sort of summation of all the things he told us about the island and and those things yeah mm. and describe to us then the 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 sculpture in question we've seen um like I say that mock-up so far but you've got a little model in front of us showing showing sort of a bit more of the height the dimensions and how it will look in the landscape do you think that's important to to kind of get across and show how it would fit in in its surroundings Absolutely. This is this is a landscape. This is a landscape piece, and it it it's framing the landscape. It's talking about where the uh, the land and the sea meet. But it's a human scale piece of sculpture. Um, and I think I've I've got a wonderful picture of my my dad walking around looking at the standing stones on the Isle of Man, and it relates to the sort of those the scale of the human and the human in the landscape. And your grandfather's link to the island as well is is undeniable. I was only at the Manx Museum in the National Art Gallery last week, where some of his his designs and uh, and sculptures are, are, are there in situ. Um, of course, we have the Three Legs of Man outside the the Isle of Man Airport. So this this very much would be be an addition. Do you, does he, does Brian see this as as like you say a, f- a final sculpture, but a gift to the Isle of Man? 
he does. He sees it as a, f- a final sculpture and he sees it as a sort of... he. He's drawn on the Isle of Man throughout his life and if you read his... Uh, the, the book about him. He talks about every time he's needed to s- take a step back, reinvent himself, re- rebuild himself. Draw on. He draws on the ancient en- energies of the Isle of Man, and and I think this is bringing that full circle. Uh, it's run through his entire life, and this would complete the circle of his creative life by yeah. placing that work there yeah and if you th- consider it as like a, a, a tribute you've got the the airport sculpture as a tribute to the nationality but this very much a, a landscape did did does that feel like completing the picture almost i think it does but i think the other it it, it does but i think the other thing to know about my father is that all his life he's he's taught and he's been enormously influential in in um, working with art schools and teaching teaching other and inspiring other people and I think this is really sits into this work as well that that it's it's a light touch piece that's inviting other people to explore their own creativity in the light of the context of the Isle of Man so it's it's about a f- it's a few it's not it's not an end and a dead end and a selfish piece. It's it's a piece that's intended to open up these ideas for the next generation mm. as well. Brian Neal's daughter, Kate, speaking with Lewis Foster there. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. And finally, as I said, pop those reading glasses on because I got the pleasure of meeting with Jade Louise Bollen earlier today. She's an artist, designer, bookseller, and also runs the Woman on Man Feminist Book Club, which she told me more about. So the Women of Man Book Club was started around April 2018, and it was set up by the, the same team that organised the Women of Man sort of group and all of those events. Um, they have sort of two groups. There's the book club, and then there's like a craft club as well. And I've been sort of running the book club side of things since I think about October 2022. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was a member, God, right back till I think I, I didn't I didn't go to the very first one. I think I started going around the summer of um, 2018. Mm-hmm. So I've been a member ever since. Awesome. Do you know the kind of origin stories of the idea of it? I, I don't really. I mean, despite being a member for so long, I'm obviously becoming friends with the kind of founders of it and then eventually taking over like the running of it I don't actually know um what inspired them I think it might just be the the early sort of women of man meetings and groups and it was a nice kind of social space for like local women to get together and chat about sort of just normal life and then sort of feminist issues that were sort of relevant and current in the news and I imagine someone just said oh you know we should do like a book club or we should read like feminist books and so that's sort of where it started Brilliant. It sounds lovely. Talking about feminist books, can you um, give me some examples of the types of texts that you you read? So we read, I mean, we are, we do call ourselves a feminist book club, but we don't just read what I would, I don't want to put people off because I think when they, when some people think of like a feminist book, they think of something really quite, I don't know, serious or, we do read serious books, but we also read, um, you know, silly books and fun books and we read fiction and we read non-fiction we read sort of YA like young adult we, we read a, a really wide range I think over the years we've tried to kind of cover some of what I would call like the most sort of well-known kind of feminist books or so we've um we've read 
some like Simone de Beauvoir, we've read Sylvia Plath, mm-hmm. uh, Margaret Atwood. And we sort of, yeah, we try to get a wide range. So our most recent one was uh, Jane Austen's Persuasion. And we read Jane Eyre um, at the sort of end of last year. And yeah. yeah, it's a nice mix of kind of classics and contemporary fiction. And like, as I said, 2018 is when I started going. And that, you know, it's a long time to keep going to something every month. Um, I liked the the group. It's a nice, it's, we've, we've got a lovely group. We've had sort of different like, like iterations of it over the years as people have moved away and new people have joined. But um, we're all a really nice bunch. We all get on really well. Um, good sense of humour, good chat. We often get very sidetracked about the books that we read. <laughs> and we sort of joke that if, if we get to book club and everyone's loved the book, um, we're all just not going to have anything to talk about. But if we get there and nobody's liked it or some people have liked it and some have hated it, it's great. We we go on for like over an hour just <laughs> sort of ranting about it. There's a strong sense of sort of sisterhood um, for me and I, I think for our other members as well, there's definitely um, a social element. We've had members come along that have said like, oh, um, you know, I, I can't talk to my um, husband or partner about you know, I can't sit there and talk about Jane Austen for hours or talk about um, these books I've read or these kind of, yeah, these these things that are happening. So this group is a space for women to do that. Excellent. And is it um, is it women only, the book club? Um, we don't have, a, it's not like a rule. At the moment, um, we do, yeah, our members are, um, yeah, she, her and they, them pronouns. Yeah. We have had um, male presenting members in the past, but... It's it's really open to anyone, yeah, because anyone can be a feminist, so anyone can come to the book club. Absolutely. And how often do you meet? So we meet once a month. It's the usually the third Tuesday of each month, and we meet at the Henry Bloom Noble Library in Douglas. Mm-hmm. So we kind of they have their own book club. They kindly let us use the space upstairs while they're meeting downstairs. So yeah, we have a nice accessible venue each month. Uh, sometimes we do meet elsewhere if um, there's been you know whether or a lot of people have not been able to make it that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and if people wanted to find out more about this what's the best way for them to do that so the best way is probably the there's a women of man facebook page and there is there should be or i'll double check later but there should be a link to our group um it's the women of man book club i think it goes by like wom mm-hmm. w-o-m yeah. book club on facebook it is a private group but we we try to accept members fairly quickly and there's no questions or anything it's just it was just to kind of I suppose yeah keep keep track of how many members we've got and sort of because it is a book group for a book club for local kind of people on island as well it was to kind of make sure yeah we weren't just sort of getting Random. spammed <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and looking to the future are there any texts that you specifically would love to introduce to the book club that you haven't yet read Oh, I'm not sure. It was it was exciting for me to get them to read Persuasion because it's one of my favourite Jane Austen books. But it turns out it was a lot of other members' favourites as well. So that oh, was really awesome. nice. So we had a good chat about that. I'm not sure. Um, I think we. I think in the time I've been there, we haven't read um, The Handmaid's Tale. Margaret I was Atwood's when one. You yeah, I, I think Margaret most Atwood. most of our members have read it mm. at various points, but we haven't read it as a group. So I think that'd be. I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, maybe some more like Shirley Jackson possibly because we, we don't read we don't tend to read a lot of horror so I'd probably like to introduce some more horror oh, to yeah, the group that'd be good <laughs> and um, how does it work in terms of picking the book do you all take it in turns or is it just you that picks the books no so it's it's really quite collaborative the way we we choose the books and um, I won't lie some months if we if we're short on time 
one of us will just pick something and we'll just go with it. Um, for the most part, we, we do a poll on the Facebook group. So I'll add a kind of a few books to get us started and then um, group members can just add their own suggestions. So some months we have the kind of same books cropping up and um, we, we also, we sometimes pick themes for the months. So for the most part, it's pretty just laid back and easygoing. Um, but we do have specific themes. So February, we always try and read a romance. Um, June, we always try and read like queer, like fiction. And October is always, this is like the main rule, it's always a witchy book. <laughs> and, then, and then all of the members dress as witches for the meeting. <laughs> Jade Louise Bollin from the Woman on Man Feminist Book Club there. And in the words of a book, the end. Oh, wait, I have to do the spiel. That's all for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, head on over to manxradio.com and download the Spotlight podcast and listen whenever and wherever you want. Why not try it in the early hours of the morning when you can't sleep after overly indulging in cheese and Stephen King's Salem's Lot before bed? And remember, do get in touch if you have any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in planning or hoping to create or would really like to put under the spotlight, be they poetic, theatrical, musical, literary, ceramic, sculpted, in drag, on film, mime, social media or terrifying ventriloquist dummy. Or any of the others, I've no doubt forgotten. Just email me at spotlight at manxradio.com. Until next time, my friend, have a lovely rest of your week. Look after yourself and whatever you're doing, you know the drill by now. Just be creative about it. Mm -hmm.